Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares, and by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of The Last Symptom. Uh, I've got something kind of special for you and all to listen to here for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, that's right. We're going to split this up into a two or maybe even a three-part series of, uh, of this show because I have current students of the Last Symptom Fundamentals pre-recorded course with me and uh, I got to interview everybody and so that everybody gets their time to shine and uh, we just discussed so many good things and I don't want to leave anything out so um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let you hear from them Uh, they're talking about the experience with the last symptom fundamentals course specifically but we also get into lots of other good things and uh, so that's what you're going to get to hear it's not going to be a lot of me it's going to be more of uh, them which I think is going to be a nice break for you folks uh, who are tired of listening to my mouth all the time before we get into that that interview portion of today's show let me tell you about thelastsymptom.com that's my website for free resources uh, please go take advantage of those free resources I also have paid resources there you know but you want to take advantage of the free resources first right you want to make sure that uh, well, that I'm somebody you want to listen to. Once you've done that, if you'd like to support my work with a donation, uh, you can do that right there from thelastsymptom.com, and it supports my overall body of work. I want to thank those of you who have taken advantage of that uh, opportunity. It really means a lot to me, and uh, this show and the next few shows are dedicated to you. Of course, this whole episode is focused on the newest paid service that I offer, which is called The Last Symptom Fundamentals pre-recorded course, and it's a a two-week intensive program meant to help you form a solid foundation of insights and aha moments that you can continue building upon and layering upon yourself for a long time to come. It can change your life, and I'm not being dramatic when I say that. So you're going to hear these folks talking about it, and uh, this will give you an idea about whether or not you or somebody you care about might truly benefit themselves from this newest offering that I've made available, the Last Symptom Fundamentals pre-recorded course. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to tell you before I just uh, introduce everybody and start getting them in. Um, I don't introduce anybody. That's one thing I need to tell you. It was a real casual conversation. I kind of wanted to keep it like that. So just 
keep in mind that you're going to be hearing lots of different people talking kind of very informally among friends one other thing i'd like to say is that once upon a time back in the second season i interviewed somebody named shamala you might remember her if you've ever wanted a follow-up you know you hear me interview different individuals and you don't really find out whatever happened to them well this is your chance Uh, shamala is featured very heavily in today's portion of the show so you're going to get to catch up with her and hear how her life is doing another thing is that uh, I don't know if it's in this segment or if it'll be in the following week's segment but you get to hear from uh, Tracy Stopler the author that I mentioned in the show a while back and she is just a, a delight Um, And none of this, by the way, is to undermine any of the contributions of the other participants because every single person has so many wonderful insights to share and so many intimate aspects about their situations, their lives, the things they've dealt with or are dealing with, obstacles they're trying to overcome. I know that this is just going to be really a great, um, wonderful thing for those of you who choose to listen to this show and take advantage of this very special series of of episodes of the last symptom podcast so i'm glad to have you here i won't be uh, checking back in at the end i'm just going to let the interviews play out i'll see you next week same place same time to continue these interviews that you'll be listening to today in part okay so uh, as the weekend comes i hope you do something nice for yourself and uh, i'll see you around enjoy hearing from these folks Uh, this week probably to be continued next week and possibly even for a third week because uh, i have just tons of material recorded from our conversations together you're going to you're going to love it so sit back relax enjoy the show i'm sorry shamala go go ahead again as i say i've gone through this recorded um course three times And for me, each time I've gone through, I'm picking up more information that's helping me to identify how and where my my thinking is off. But also I want to say that I'm I'm incredibly privileged to be witnessing in real time, as I've said um, lots of times, to see my grandchildren actually developing emotionally, healthily. And for me, that's not only breaking the cycle of my family, um, that distorted thinking, that whole pattern, but it's proof positive that I've got to say that Brian Barnett is right about the cause of emotional disorders. Yeah. Um, for me, what I'd say about the course is I started, I felt naked, stripped bare, I'd say. So many things that I'd believed were actually false. I didn't know who I was anymore, I suppose, but I suppose that's false as well because I never really had known who I was. But for me, breaking down my old belief systems has kind of taught me that those beliefs were learned. And now I can understand and believe that if they were learned, I can actually correct my understanding. And anybody that's taken the course, I felt felt alone, kind of almost like I'd describe it as in a, a barren desert. I kind of felt lost, but each time that I listened, so I'd encourage people to keep listening and going back, is I noticed that my new understanding was actually embracing the things, if you like, that I'd rejected for my my whole life. 
And also feedback from this group, it's been really great too, because I know that everybody feels that same emptiness when we start to uncover, uncover the lies. And so I think it's nice, it is nice that we can share that with others. Like the rest of you guys, I didn't know what it was to be a person. I'd not been taught the value of people. I didn't know that I could control what I think about. I didn't know that I was not responsible for other people's feelings or that other people weren't responsible for my feelings. I didn't know that everybody else had got individual rights, responsibility and authority over their own thoughts, feelings and actions. But what this course has taught me is what it means to be a person. I can now recognize other people's circles in the sand and stay within my own. I can't control other people. I don't want to. I've got no control over anybody else, just myself. And when I look at it, there's a hell of a lot of work that I need to actually do. And I'm gradually able to turn deeper inward and learning more about myself. And I'd also encourage you to read anybody to read the book recommendations, especially men are from Mars and women from Venus, because it's really helped me understand other people's approach to problems, not just with my partner, but just to deal with other people. And so I've dumped a hell of a lot of shame and started to really believe in my own inherent worth. And so I'm taking charge of my bus. So what I'd say for me is it's exciting times ahead. And what else can I say? Um, let me tell everybody a little about your and my relationship. Uh, we've been married for 15 years. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, I, I started talking to Shamala. Uh, you said 18 months ago. It was a couple summers well, ago. It, it was probably just over a year ago. I actually spoke to you. I started following you about 18 months ago and you did actually mention me in one of your podcasts. And it was when you said that you thought at first, the first conversation that we had was, oh my God, this person is hard work. But it was when you'd stopped, it was when it was, stop complicating things, Shamala, because I was so cryptic. Everything yes. that you were saying to me, I was, I don't know, because it's like these escape rooms and there was, I was looking for clues and everything had uh -huh. to be cryptic. Yeah, you were kind of all over the place. And I, I yeah. remember... I remember ending that first phone call and my, I was trying to put a finger on the best thing I could tell you for you to take away with. And that was what I told you. I said, S simplify. You said, when it gets you said, too complicated and you're going this way and you're going that way, simplify. And I thought, well, you know, um, we'll see. I remember you kept saying to me, what did I say to you? And I said this, she said, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> Because I was just adding in and adding in and seeking and seeking a way around it, a key to this whole disorder. And I just was refusing to look in and simplify. Yeah. But when I did start to simplify, pull back, that so is that, when. That was the first phone conversation. And I thought, well, well, we'll see how it goes. Then I talked to you the second time and it was like I was talking to a different person. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, because she had taken my advice and she had just really stripped everything back to the bare bones. And it was only and the one next week conversation we had, it was just like, whoa, she's really got this. In one week, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So another thing I'd like to say about Shamala is that there is an episode of the Last Symptom podcast where she was a guest and you get to hear 
her whole story and everything. So this actually, uh, you know, I'm talking to you guys, but I also got to keep in mind that I'm talking to my broader audience in podcast world. So you folks who are listening, you know, in your cars and stuff, um, if you want to follow up on Sh- hey Shamala, what episode were you featured in? Season two. I believe it was episode 42 in season two. Okay. So there you have it. If you guys want to hear how Shamala's doing after now about a year since we recorded that, uh, th- this is your chance. That This is the Shamala. And, you know, I hear, I get people talking about you all the time. I get correspondence about people saying, you know, I really like that episode. And um, another thing I'd like to mention is that Shamala has started her own podcast. Also, another update is from the from the last uh, podcast is that I unsupervisedly, is that a correct word, babysit for both of my grandchildren, which is what I've been desperate for, and I'm now able to do it. So it's a wonderful, it's it's wonderful. My life is just moving in in a direction that I'd never thought, I never thought possible. I think at, when we did the interview on the show, you had just been offered the opportunity to babysit your grandchildren. Yeah, but it'd been retracted. She'd offered it, thought about it and thought, I'm not ready for this. But then it started she, when they did feel comfortable letting me, letting me do it. So it, it, it's all just moved so wonderfully. Hey, do you want to tell people what the, uh, the newest challenge in your life looks like it's, it's going to be? Right. Well, I've been disappointed, actually, because I received notification because what it is, is I've been trying to, we've invited my husband's two children, two sons over to visit um, the UK. They're in the Dominican, but, right? They're in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. But I received notification that the visa had been refused. And so I was disappointed. But I first went into borderline personality disorder for probably five seconds. But five seconds causes a lot of problems. I thought to myself, oh, my God, how am I going to tell my husband? How am I going to tell these guys? Everything, it was all my fault, and I was taking it until I stepped step back within five seconds and said, this is the reality of the situation. Okay, it's disappointing. You'll just, you'll pass the message on. This is how it is, and then we will relook at it. And you know something, after relooking at it, the only problem is consent. Let me let me give some context, because I'm, I'm thinking about listeners who they got no context yeah probably it's you and your husband living in um we'll just say england right and your husband has children living in the dominican and here you found out that they were possibly going to be coming over to live with with you folks to visit yes yeah and this was a kind of a big deal for you Tell, tell us about your attitude about that, uh, you know, having those other people under your roof that you weren't quite used to having. I, I thought you I thought you had a very positive attitude about it. My attitude is that I'm, that I'm so happy. I'm looking forward to it because it gives me the opportunity. It really gives me the opportunity to prove my, my regret 
Um, I'm looking forward to, I believe that I'm ready to um, emotionally, healthfully be res the responsible person for, for children. So you just said that the expression there, prove my regret. I, I really like that. The way I say that is demonstrations of remorse, right? It's not enough to I say, I'm sorry. We have to make demonstrations of remorse when we're really sorry about something. That That's the, the healthy, you know, what I'm talking about when we commit real crimes against other people. I'm not talking about, oh, I accidentally stepped on your foot. I'm talking about, you know, I ruined your entire life. Um, and you said, I was really looking forward to proving my regret. I see it as, I don't know, because I regret so much what I've done with my children. And I believe, I believe in God. And if God gives me the opportunity, because if I could do, go back and do it, I would. I can't. But if I've got the opportunity to do that for other children, it doesn't matter that they're not mine because everybody's a human being, which is what the inherent worth is that I'm starting to really kind of understand and see that I've got that inherent worth. Everybody has that inherent worth. And if I'm going to take on these children, I've got to give my myself to them. And they are, they're the same as my grandchildren. They're people, they're children. And I, I, want, I want to be able to to do what I didn't do when I was when I was bringing my children up. So talking to you, it was kind of like an opportunity for you to really gauge where you're at in your recovery. And you, uh, I remember you saying, uh, you know, I know that the, there's going to be some challenges and tests and stuff, but I think I'm up. I think I'm up to this. I think this is the right time for me to do something like this. That's right. I, I do believe I think that because I recognize when my thinking is off. I don't um, hate on myself. I can recognize and correct myself. So I'm curious about when you, you know, when you got access to this last symptom fundamentals course, was there anything in there left to, to learn or was it just boring for you or because, you know, you, you and I, we talked a lot. So I'm just curious a person like you going into this course, knowing me so well, have you been able to get anything out of it? I have got so, 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 so much out of it. And especially because I think the way how it flows throughout all the time talking and listening to the podcasts, the shame was still, the shame's still there. But I think for me, because of how far that I'd come already going into that, that class, we start looking at the shame and then you start, you know where we're going to come, start picking and where we're going to be falling down and doubting ourselves and whatever. But each time, so for me, it's been perfect. Good. Pulling it together and the, the whole thing. I've, I've gone through it time after time and I will keep going through it. And there's not one single episode that I would say I, I don't get things out of. You Like I said, I just, I'm real proud of you. Folks, she... I talked to her on that first time and I thought, Ooh, she's, she's got a lot to do. And then I'm telling you the next time I talked to her, she was a different person and she's just not never looked back since. And I'm forever, forever um, grateful that you cut out all the crap and all the lies. So I've not had to seek through all that as well, because I've just been able to take your information 
Well, if um, I'm ever feeling bad about myself, I know who to call. There you Shamala. are. <laughs> She's just always full of praise. Let's move on, Shamala. Let's hear some from some other people. I know I'd like to hear from, I'll tell you, I'd like to hear from Narupa, Eve, and Brad, because you folks are the ones I know the least about. My name is Brad Hip. Um, I'm in Kansas City, uh, Kansas. And it's so funny when you just said Shamala started her own podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I know who she is. Because I actually listened to her podcast first. And then she in the first podcast <laughs> talked about you. And then I jumped to you. There so you Shamala, go, Shamala. Sorry. Look at that. <laughs> so that blew my mind. So if you saw me looking away, I was looking at my phone really quickly to see, is that who it was? Okay. I have a dog coming to say hi. The dog thinks I'm talking to him. Um, sorry for the weird angle. I've got a, my camera on this laptop in a weird place. But no, um, you look great. You look you look as beautiful you. as Shamala. And, uh... <laughs> and I forgot to put on my makeup, so I apologize. That's hard. Um, <laughs> so I, um, let's see. You know, I, this whole thing has just blown my mind. Um, in 2011 or 12 is when I was first diagnosed with BPD, and um, it felt like a death sentence. Um, I went immediately into therapy after about 72 hours of just anger. Um, and so I was in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. I've been sober for quite some time and, uh, and it's been a struggle. And so I went through a lot of therapy. I got on some medications to help with symptoms. So I went through therapy with a uh, individual here in Kansas City that, that specifically deals with borderline personality disorder. And he's been a, an immense help to me. And um, I eventually um, through, if you guys read my lengthy story, you know, I got I into did. marriages. I did. And you know, I was very, I'll tell you, I was really impressed by that because, you know, that's, that's exactly what I want. And what I'm encouraging at the beginning of that course, mm -hmm. I want people to, who are taking the course to do exactly what you did. Just go in there and just pour it all out. So kudos to you, man. That, that was, uh, that was good stuff. Well, thank you. It's uh, kind of comes from AA, I think, more than anything else, as I've told my story so many times over the years. Um, every year I celebrate sobriety. So um, I ended up uh, having about a five-year period where I was single predominantly. I'm a dated here and there, but not a lot. And, you know, what I realized now in hindsight is I was going through therapy, and I, I really no longer met five of the nine criteria. And so I felt like you know, borderline was behind me. And honestly, I, I kind of wanted it to be behind me because um, I really felt like it would affect my ability to be in relationships. And uh, in my story, as I laid out, I was in a relationship um, up until um, late June, early July of this year and went through some really big struggles until about two, like right before Thanksgiving. And um, what I found is I had an epiphany on a Friday evening and it was like, oh my gosh, is what all has happened here, the symptoms of borderline. And so I really dug in, read a few books that weekend, just did a lot of research on the internet. And I, that's when I realized, I mean, I meet all the, the requirements, if you want to call it that, the symptoms. And, you know, that's when I came across your blog and it, it uh, not your blog, but a lot of your articles and they really hit home. And I think I talked about, you know, when I, um, I listened to the black and white thinking, what are, here's what I realized. I didn't fully understand all of the symptoms, you know, black and white thinking. I had one perspective, but that podcast you had on black and white thinking, I mean, I broke down. I haven't cried like that in 20 years um, because 
I'd never heard about splitting. And I realized, I mean, that just explained every relationship I've ever had pretty much. And it was, it was somewhat devastating. And it, it made me realize what an effect this has had on my whole life. And, you know, it was just eye opening. And, and Brian, you, you know, kudos to you because you really describe the symptoms and everything in a, a totally different way than any of doctors have ever described to me. And it just really helped me relate to my condition and, and what I'm working on. And I believe you're exactly correct. I mean, this whole amygdala, it's, you know, bigger amygdala and all the other crap they tell you is just not true in my opinion. And, um, well, you know, it's, I look a, back. it's misdirection. You know, it's, it's overcomplicating yeah. what is not complicated. There might yes. be something going on in the amygdala, but it's not relevant to us wanting to yes. get better. Yes, I agree. I um, Just overall, you know, I've looked back at my parents. I mean, I, I've listened to the podcast before I started the course about, you know, we have to really realize that our parents were child abusers. And I think back, there have been yeah. so many instances that have occurred in my life, even as an adult, where my parents have betrayed me. And in fact, last night, um, you know, a lot of what I learned in Alcoholics Anonymous is to journal and write out stuff. And so last night, I started writing out all those times I remember because I, I'm one of these ones that I don't remember. The great majority of my childhood is blocked out completely. Yeah. I, I just can't get there. And but I remember those high points. I mean, where, you know, my parents literally, you know, I felt uh, abandoned. And by the way, your description of adults can't be abandoned really has helped me as well, because that's what I felt like over time. I just, in the end, it's, it's just, it's epiphany after epiphany every day. I mean, I take the dogs on a walk every day and I'll listen to a podcast. So I've been listening to those and, um, you know, I've got day two down now from the fundamentals course. You know, I'm just looking uh, forward to getting more healthy and um, really understanding what's happening because it is from a family dynamics perspective, it has all come together for me now. Um, Good. Luckily, my sister, um, she has, I think, uh, been listening to your show. I'm guessing she hasn't gone oh, really? to the episode where you talk about <laughs> your siblings probably didn't escape. <laughs> So, and I imagine she'll run across that and I'll get a call as soon as she hits that. But um, I, I didn't tell her about it. But, uh, you know, luckily, a long time ago when I was first diagnosed, my parents did, my mom did begin to describe to me some of what happened at zero to three years old. That, you know, she at least provided me some of that reality. Yeah. Um, my parents are kind of ignoring me now. I told my father what has happened, you know, everything that I described in my um, biography I put online. But you know, he's even stepped back somewhat because I, I think they were pretty freaked out. Um, yeah. And then, of course, I I later listened to your podcast about do you even approach them, and it was too late. But uh, <laughs> in the end, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. I, uh, you know, I'm really starting to review my thoughts a lot more because a lot of this, I can't just, you know, we talk about our perceptions and attitudes, and I can't hear that stuff. It's more of this feeling. And I... It's so hard for me to describe to people, but I just get this feeling. And I've always had that feeling. And I've always known, I don't know if this is normal. You know, I don't know if other people feel this way. And it's really helped me put a voice to that, if that makes sense. Just been extremely helpful. So, you know, so far, like I said, not deep into the course yet, but, um, you know, everything you say makes sense. It's logical. It's simple. Unfortunately, overall, it's complex because, you know, what needs to be done to unwind all this 
Mm -hmm. It's fairly complex. You know, like you've said, I really, uh, today listening to, I really appreciated how you talk about, you don't need to remember all that old stuff. It's more, look at the attitudes that you do remember. And that helps reinforce what happened in the beginning. And you you say that, you know, whatever, whatever they were, they were dealing with me, you know, let's say that your parent, we're talking about late parents, you know, their past. Um, You say, well, I just got to remember some like times at Thanksgiving or whatever. And I'll tell you, um, you know, not to jump in on your uh, history here, Brad, but this might be helpful to you. I can't remember if I explained this in the course or I've done it in a class, but so my ex-wife, we were driving back from Thanksgiving one time. This was before I even knew anything about psychology or emotional health or anything like that. And we were driving back from Thanksgiving and she said, man, your dad, there is really something wrong with you, that man. And I said, what are you talking about? She says, uh, don't you notice that he can never give a compliment without taking it back? Hmm. And I said, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, so for example, she he says, we sat down to have turkey. And he sits down. <clears throat> he looks at this spread that your mother has been working on for like 12 hours. And he goes, wow, Loretta, this looks really nice. And then there's a be- there's a small beat, <laughs> and he goes, "I can't believe you didn't burn anything." Ha 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 ha! Oh, wow. And I said, "Oh come on, he's just joking. You know that's charm. My my dad's charming. That's humor. I can't believe that would upset you." She's like, "No no no no, that is not humor. He's not comfortable giving a compliment. He has to take it back. Like you can't have anybody else lift it up." it's got to be for him. So he turns it into what seems like a joke. And now it lifts him up. Mm. I said, man, you're really complicating what is just humor. So I totally dismissed it until I went through my own recovery. And then her words, that conversation popped back up into my head. She's right. He cannot compliment anybody. Now he can compliment strangers, but he can't compliment anybody in his family without taking it back so that it reflects as charming or, you know, it, it lifts him up. So another example was every time I was a kid, people would come up and they'd say, man, Terry, your, uh, your kids are so well-behaved. And he'd say, yeah, they are. When they're asleep, ha, ha, ha. And it's the same thing. <laughs> it's a compliment. And then he, he can't let it stand on its own. He's got to take it back. So we're talking about some really subtle things. Never in a million years would I have caught that on my own. My ex-wife had to first recognize that that was not right. She tried to communicate it to me, but you know, as you've heard me say, until our eyes are open to something, we, we just can't even comprehend it. And plus I was in denial. Um, lots of things were going on, but that's the type of process we're going through. There's a lot of things that we just can't see. And maybe, the timing's not right. Even when, you know, I'm explaining some things to you, Brad, in the podcast, or we, you know, you and, you and I have never talked, but you know, let's say that we do talk. Maybe I'll try to get through to you with something. And maybe the timing is just not right. Maybe mm-hmm. you have to learn some other things first. And then you'll remember what I said, or you'll remember what you read in a book, or, you know, it's not just me. So that's just the real nature of the thing. You know, I, I, I think I had to really hit bottom to, and really accept 
my condition, if you want to, you know, that I have an emotional disorder to really begin to dig in and say, okay, you know, pick yourself up, dust off your pants and begin to figure out, all right, what do I do from here? And I feel very motivated, you know, and you don't know in my childhood, I didn't know what I was experiencing was not normal, you know, until mm -hmm. I've shared a few things with people and they look at me like, that is insane. <laughs> I mean, that is, that does not happen in families. And mm -hmm. You know, you don't know it because you live it. You just don't know until right. you you experience someone else's life. And, um, you know, that's really been helpful for me, just to have people acknowledge that what I've experienced was not normal, uh, was not traditional, if you want to use that term. So Same you know, I'm, I'm, looking, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the course. You know, I, um, I don't want it to take forever. You know, I want everything now. So <laughs> that's going to be the hard yeah. part. But I also know that from being in Alcoholics Anonymous and all the issues I've worked through in, in that um, scenario, that it does take time, but there is a gradual improvement. And I'm looking forward to that. And I already see an improvement just in the last, I mean, every day I almost see an improvement because I'm beginning to see my own perceptions and how they are perspectives, how they are inaccurate in, in many situations. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. And uh, like I said, it's kind of wild to have two people I've heard on podcasts and be on this video call. So that's just kind of a trip. Um, but I really am grateful uh, to be here. And it's it's been so helpful to be on the site and just have other people who've experienced this because friends of mine just don't. I mean, they just fully can't understand it. And over the years, they've right. all said, you're not BPD. You're you're a great guy. You're so helpful to everybody, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, you need to be in really close proximity with me. And right. that's when it starts coming out. Right. So. Live, live with me for three weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you may kind of go, oh, maybe we need to work on something. So, <laughs> well, so that's uh, all I've got, I think. Can I ask you a few questions? Absolutely. All right. So you said you're on day two of the course. Yes. You also said that uh, through, throughout your life, uh, you've been through some other programs. Um, I'm just kind of curious, are you seeing anything that is maybe uh, beneficial in ways that those other programs are not taking this course? I know you're only two days in, but um, just kind of, you know, what, what are your thoughts about it? It's important to really understand the source um, you used in one of your podcasts, the description, which I really like, oh no, you know what I really love is the faucet and the hose. I explained that to my sponsor the other day and he was like, man, that is a great metaphor. And I was like, yeah, I know it's, it's pretty incredible. Or you've also described the roots, you know, we got to go work on the roots. The branches will grow naturally from the roots. I mean, that's yes. been extremely helpful because most of what I've done with my therapist, I've never done DBT. Uh, frankly, I didn't even really know much about it. Uh -huh. um, until I started doing all this new studying and, um, they're going to, Oh, so my therapist and I, we mainly, you know, just talk things out. And I've always been, you know, I know a lot of therapists, you know, historically don't like to work with borderlines because, uh, or folks with emotional disorders, because they may not be able to see their shit for lack of a better term. Um, hopefully you don't have to bleep that out. <laughs> so I apologize, but, um, oh, no, no, I, it's, uh, I have it. I have the set, I have my settings so that it's, I can say anything. <laughs> I can say the worst things and they still have to publish it. That's awesome. So, um, but you know, it was more mainly talk therapy and it was, you know, I, I've always been very open to everything he has said about behaviors and just, you know, he's just been very good about looking at situations and 
understanding them, understanding my behaviors or my responses, my symptoms, whatever that might be. And I've always been very open to hearing him um, and, and making the necessary corrective behaviors. But I mean, overall, understanding where it came from, um, the course has given me a lot of hope because if I just Google BPD, and you look at the first five articles that come up or first five links, it is not always the most, uh, it, it's not <laughs> very encouraging, but understanding that there is a way out. Also the way you describe things, I think you really, you just, the words you've chosen, I, I can't imagine honestly how you over seven years figured all that out. Um, that still blows my mind. Um, because I don't think I could have ever, I, I could in that period of time or really ever sort through it the way you have. So the way you describe things and explain them in layman's term has been extremely helpful as well. As I said, I thought I understood the nine standard symptoms we typically demonstrate, um, when in reality, I probably understood three of them well. And uh, just all the descriptions you've given has really helped me just to really accept it and then move on. And I think one of the most important things um, you mentioned in one of the podcasts is acceptance is really the first step. And yes. that was really helpful as well. Mm -hmm. So hope does hope. that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Okay. And it, it actually has prompted some other questions. Uh, oh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> good, good question. Though. Yeah. Um, you're, 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 a, you're a masculine guy. Um, you know, when you first joined the group, I first started getting familiar with you just kind of, mm -hmm. you know, once you joined, I, you kind of, you kind of drew my attention. Um, when you, when you signed up for the last symptom fundamentals course, you definitely drew my attention. And I said, this is a masculine person. Um, one obstacle for me was, I don't know how to say it kind of, envy i didn't want to put any other man up uh above me or even on my level to be to be honest with you mm -hmm. so here i am uh you see me and the work that i'm doing um it took some humility i i would say for you to say well i'm, I'm going to listen to this guy mm -hmm. did you experience anything like that or are you just a really are you just naturally a human humble person uh you know i don't know i I think in the end, once I figure that something's wrong or that something needs to be corrected, I just jump all in. Um, so no, I, I didn't feel like that at all. Um, I know that this tends to be a diagnosis that is a large percentage of females tend to be and less percentage of males. I, I believe that's correct from my understanding. Well, let's, um, um, let me say, let me correct that. Okay more women than men go to therapists. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. That's all that is. It's not that more men than women have it, or I'm sorry, it's not that more women than men have it. It's that more women than men are willing to talk about their emotions and stuff like that. That makes sense. So of course, you know, that's what it's going to show. Well, more women have this and that, that's not what's happening. What's happening is that women just naturally are more curious about these sorts of things than men are. And, uh, you know, what call cultural or whatever men, we just don't, we're just not eager to go and explore these sorts of things as much as the female persuasion. Yeah. 
Well, when I, you know, I did grow up in a family. I think they knew there were problems early on. And so I was introduced to therapy pretty early. So I've always been very open, um, sensitive. I've been a sensitive person is probably what I would best describe it. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, in the end, I, I just wanted to grasp on and, and start going to work. I, uh, so no, I, I didn't really feel that way at all. I, um, okay. I mean, I just know I want to get better. Um, you know, you describe in one of your articles about the torment. Um, I don't know. If, I don't recall you using that word, but you described what we go through. And it was such an excellent description because it was exactly how I felt my whole life. And it just, it was just, it's relieving to hear someone else validate what my experience has been thus far. And, um, you know, it helps me realize that I've, you know, beyond my alcoholism that, you know, there's other stuff to work on. Um, so hopefully that answers the question. Well, brother, you're on the right path because it's just insights. And, um, you know, those insights come from having access to accurate information. You're getting that you're saying you're having like epiphanies all the time. Mm -hmm. you're on your way. Yeah. It really is then just a matter of time. If you keep doing what you're doing, uh, really, it's it's really just a matter of understanding exactly what's going on because Mm -hmm. then um, you're not a puppet anymore. Yeah. Right. When nowadays, when I start to get angry or I start to get sad or I start, whatever I start to get, I look at the what's underneath all that. Yeah, and suddenly I'm just powerful because I don't. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, if it if it weren't for the fact that I hate being manipulated, I mean I hate politicians, I hate buying a new car because those people aren't talking. Their smiles are not real. <laughs> I don't like being manipulated. Yeah, and once I realized that there was some kind of coding that had been placed into me that was manipulating me for my entire life, I said, "Oh no, you don't. I don't care what it takes." I'm going to undo this because I, I, I want my free will. I don't like to feel manipulated. And, um, and you know, that's really what's happening. Okay. So one last thing here, I want to talk about immediate benefits. So you said that you're having all these epiphanies and you're getting these, you're seeing immediate benefits that also mm-hmm. happened to me. So you're not alone in that. Uh, Abby yeah. says that she's read that many men end up, undiagnosed in prison with bpd Hmm, that's interesting yeah well that would go along with what i said about you know the those type of men probably surely are not walking around writing poems about roses and talking about their feelings um (laughs) so immediate benefits every epiphany you have brings immediate benefits because you can't get it out of your head Mm -hmm. you approach a life situation where normally you just go into autopilot and you can't go into autopilot anymore, but you realize, or you're seeing it with this new understanding about the world that really your eyes have just never been opened to before. Mm-hmm. And then you have gradual benefits. And this is where the seven years comes in. And by the way, it took me seven years. The reason I do this work is so that it doesn't have to take you seven years. It could be done in three, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's outrageous, but you know, it, we, there are, there is a gradual part of this. So you will be experiencing immediate benefits. You'll also experience ongoing and immediate failures. So even though you understand a thing, you will disappoint yourself many times. 
That's why I tell everybody to have compassion with themselves. It takes time for you to adjust your approach to life, mm -hmm. right? Because you, you know, some of us, we have 40 years. Some of us have longer than that approaching life in one way. It's, it's routine. It's, it's habit. So we do have these immediate insights. We get forgetful. We get caught up in a moment and we resort to habit. It takes a while to work that out. Mm -hmm. While we're doing that, we have to say, you know what? I forgive myself for that. that that's to be expected. Mm -hmm. um, and then the real gradual benefits are you, we understand something new, but it might take several years for us to, um, for it to just completely uh, integrate with who we are. Yeah. So become the automatic reaction. Yeah. 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 It becomes automatic. Race. And sometimes, you know, there are reactions that we have and we go, man, that didn't work. I mean, you do try something new based on the way you see the world now and it doesn't work and you go, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to retool that a little bit, recalibrate that. I'll have another opportunity. Uh, I'm going to, so I'm going to forgive myself. I'm making that recalibration next time. And it, and it works and you go, okay, mm -hmm. well, that's, that's my go-to now. That's my go-to reaction or my go-to perspective of this aspect of life. You know, Tracy, I wanted to say hello and welcome. Saw you trying to get on a few times on your phone. Thank you, Brian. I actually had a family emergency, so I did come on and then I had to come off. But uh, for everyone that, that I did listen to share, um, first, I want to thank you for being so authentic and you're teaching me to do the same thing because I know that's all part of, of healing. Uh, so, so far, Brian, thank you. I'm really enjoying the class. I really appreciate it. It looks like you're walking underwater. Uh, my back is out. This is part of my PT. Oh, okay. I was really hope that's why I, I stayed off camera because I, I could I could see that it could be very distracting. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I um, wish I could walk on water, not underneath it, but no, can't do either. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, uh, let me introduce you. Tracy is the author that I was that sent me a copy of her book, The Ropes That Bind. Oh yes. And I talked about her on the. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Podcast. She's up 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 there. You're in New York, right, Tracy? I'm in New York. Yes. Mm -hmm. So nice to have her. And it's interesting because Tracy does not identify uh, specifically with having borderline personality disorder. And the protagonist in her book, oh, that's that a lot of that really happened. That, that's her. Uh, she's the main character in that book. Mm -hmm.